Great news, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. I just want to let you know that we have finally released our second book, 15 Conversations with Real Estate Millionaires. This book was written with you in mind. I wanted to capture 15 unique stories of different investors starting at different stages and doing different things. This book is just that. It's nearly 300 pages of motivation, of confirmation, and reminders that yes, you too can do this thing. Check it out on Amazon, and of course, have a great day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with the legendary investor, Mr. Jonathan Twomley. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I laugh every time you say legendary. I Maybe in your mind, yes. You are a legend in my, in my book. <laughs> well, hey, one of the things, uh, one of the things we've, we've done a couple of times is I've shared with you my 50-year spreadsheet, right? We went through that, I don't know, yeah. three, four months ago. <clears throat> one of the pieces of data I was missing because I couldn't find it, actually a subscriber sent it to me, hmm. was actually housing transactions. Because one of the things that we will see, and we will pull it up again for reference for people who don't have it, is in the 1970s, Interest rates went up 800 basis points, right? Mm. From 8% to 16% in, in 81. So right from 74 to 81, they, they doubled. What I didn't know was what happened to housing transactions. Mm. So I can now say with pretty great confidence that I know when housing is going to crash, at least by via transactions, because the other thing we didn't see is housing actually never went negative in the 70s. So mm. just for reference, let me bring it up. So everybody can know where we're Sorry, at. Sorry, never went negative, meaning there Values. was never... Okay, so prices never declined. Prices right? never declined, yeah. right? Because that's what most people think, right? So again, here, I brought the spreadsheet. You've seen it before. I think I've even sent it to you. It's in my mm -hmm. free course. People can go get it. I'm not hiding this. But here's the data from the 70s. You can see housing started, started the uh, decade at 24 grand. It finished the decade at 48 grand. And again, I'll just move this over. And then also interest rates started at eight. And as you can see, they got as high as 16. Okay. Mm. And again, here is housing appreciation. Housing appreciation through the 70s was fine, right? Home mm -hmm. appreciation was up. It got soft as you would expect, right? You, you take interest rates to 16%, you would expect housing to slow down, right, Jonathan? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it did. It had a lag or a little bit of a lag, but it actually never went negative. The other thing you saw, and we talked about this last time, was, damn, who the hell was actually buying a home? Because mm -hmm. it, was, it was unaffordable, at least on a payment basis, for most people. This assumed a 10% down. Okay, well, good news. So remember 81 and 82. That's what we're going to look at. So let me stop sharing this, because I only can share one thing at a time. And now let me bring this up. All right, so we now have uh, existing uh, single family. They call them one families in this report. Can you see this, Jonathan? No, I can. Yeah. Okay. So what we can see is the total is in the left column. And you can see we started at 1.6 million sales. Just for reference sakes, we're doing about 6 million today. Throughout the 70s, it's going up, right? 77, mm -hmm. 78, kind of cracks in 78, right to 79. Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, like I said, look at 81 and 82. Yeah. So what happens, Jonathan, when interest rates double? We have less housing transactions. Yep. Housing transactions got cut in half from 78 to 82. Housing didn't decline in value, but transaction stuff, which makes total sense because nobody could qualify, right? Nobody's going to qualify yeah. with a 43 uh, front-end ratio. It's just not going to happen. So it is interesting, though, that prices didn't decline. And I'm assuming that's because people just held their, 
their properties off the market, right? Yeah. I mean, like they, they weren't selling. So only people who were selling sort of of necessity were selling, right? Because they weren't. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, just less people. And this was the land of creative right. financing, Carlton Sheets and, you know, all right. of those things. And you were doing, you know, uh, I don't know, just creative financing, right? Uh, you could actually take over a mortgage back then because they had assumption clauses. Yeah. Which they don't now. Uh, but yeah, this is what happens, right? You take interest rates up. The, the only transactions that happen are the ones that have to happen. A lot of people mm -hmm. stay put, right? Because the whole argument about, hey, who's going to leave if you have a 3% mortgage and you go to six? So again, I, when you want to know when housing crashes, at least on a transaction basis, double interest rates. That's, yeah. that's my uh, takeaway. Um, well, listen, something very similar happened in the Great Recession, right? Like the what caused that bubble to burst was... The, the Fed raising interest rates to try mm -hmm. to cool off the economy. And mm -hmm. it it worked. It just worked more than they thought it was going to work. Yeah, right? that's, I mean, that spark entered a timber yeah. of 50% adjustable rate mortgages with two and 28s and liar. Right. It, it was the right. spark that just set a forest fire ablaze or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. interestingly enough, the interest rates did not double no. in that time, right? They, they, they only went up by a couple of points, I think. So that, and that was enough to cause the whole thing, the whole house of cards to collapse. So clearly there was, like you said, it was, it was the spark, but the tinder had already been laid yeah. in the form of all these funky mortgage instruments and stuff. Right. Yeah. So again, so, I, again, I think there's a housing slowdown in the works. I, I think we've had the decade low for interest rates. I think rates will be higher. I don't know how much higher. The other thing to think about is again, I like, I like doing the math, right? So again, you go from eight to 16, that's 800 basis points, right? Yeah. It, but it's only, a, it's, it's only a double, right? Eight to 16 is only 100%. So I look, at, I look at today and just assume 3% for easy math. What causes a similar crash? Do we go from three to 11, which is 800 basis points? Or does it crack when we go from three to six? Because those are very different answers. Well, I think you could actually just do the math and figure this out, right? Because you could just figure out what what the impact on the housing payment is. Oh, yes. Right. Because I think also if you look at the home prices back in those days, I mean, you're talking about much lower home prices, much lower down payments, much lower monthly amounts, much you lower could, income. Much, but but the in, the issue is the relationship of the payment to the Correct. income, right? So, mm -hmm. so so I you know. I think it would be interesting to do that analysis. And I think see, I will now that you said that. See, yeah. like how much the monthly, you know, yeah, at, at these much higher levels of of debt and much larger yeah. debts, right? Yeah, that I could I could the back into of, these numbers. Yes, yeah, the right. amount of interest rate rise that would be needed to cause a huge spike in the payment is probably lower, given like Actually, how much. I, I, think i have it set up i haven't looked yeah. at this in a while it just remind me I've can you go back these. there yeah go back. Of course. Of course. so this red here what is this so payment percentage of gross what is this yeah that that was just the highest so this is what uh mortgage brokers call the front end ratio mm -hmm. it's gross income minus the pay or payment oh percentage. okay okay yeah so again we'll, we'll call this we'll call this i don't know we'll blend this what's the average actually i have it so the average is 41 percent of this five-year yeah. period so i think i can actually back into this i have it set up Mm -hmm. How about that? So again, so let's say the median home price is 363. Yeah. Let me just make sure this is all right. Okay. So yeah. So, okay. We can do the math, right? So 
let's assume it. So if it goes from three to six, what happens? Oh, look at that. We go to 45. That's the problem. There it is. Yeah. Because if it went to 11, it, it's got to be just nutty, right? I mean, let's just see. Actually, it doesn't go up that much. Why didn't it go up that much? Yeah, but, but look at the payment amount, though. Go back yeah. to 263 or whatever that was. You can yeah, see the payment. 2.63, yeah. So it's 1300 bucks, yep. right? Mm -hmm. Just double it to five, five and a half. Okay, 5.5. So it goes up goes up by 500 bucks. Mm -hmm. well, sorry, more, yeah, 500 bucks. I mean, that's going to like take a lot of people out. But the but the interesting thing is the payment is a percentage of gross. It's still... It's still okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, payment. So this is the one we got to watch. Yeah. So, so I mean, where is it that ba banks are going to start? It basically goes up to like 30, right? Before they stop. Yeah, 33, 33. is when they get squirrely. Yeah. So let's see. Let's just see. So seven, seven and a half. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere this, in there. This is also assuming a 10% down payment. A 10% right? down payment. We're assuming a fixed home price, right. right? There's a lot of us, no income growth, which again, I think we have income right. growth. A lot of assumptions here. But again, I think the answer is it's definitely not 11, right? It's definitely yeah. not 11. Um, so again, will it, is it three to 11 or three to six? I think it's, I think interest yeah. rates go to 6%. We have a problem. Yeah. I mean, it, it's getting, it's getting definitely close. Also, you know, if, if banks start saying you need a bigger down payment. Oh right, yeah. The bank, then, as you know, banks get wonky, right? They can change yeah. the rules. So if they start saying you need a bigger down payment, then that's going to just keep a lot of people out. So. And then again, you add on first time homebuyer programs, which are 15 or 25 grand, which I think are part of this build back better thing. Um, that's going to take prices up. Cause again, we assumed the 363 stayed flat. There's no chance that stays flat. If we get more demand at the lower end, it's just yeah. not going to happen. Well, listen, so speaking of a crash, what do you think about the fact that home prices have, have gone up at a faster pace over the last year mm -hmm. than any year on record, including the year preceding the crash yes. the last time around. So I think we have front loaded, uh, like, like we've talked about many times, the pandemic has forced behavior that normally would have happened just in a shorter time. Mm -hmm. So I think we're in for a real estate slowdown. I think we have a year or potentially two of below trend growth coming. Uh, that's what I think happened. Uh, and again, also being a numbers guy, what we also have seen is uh, the normal distribution of transactions is skewed to the right, meaning mm -hmm. the lower end has been cut off. And as you know, when you take out the low end and you have roughly the same transaction, the median shoots higher. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's what's going on. So I think, I think in sense, you know, the 19.9%, which was ported by Case Schiller the other day, uh, I think that's just front loading um, appreciation. I think we'll be at sub 4% by 2023 for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. well, you've, you've, you've put your stake in the ground. Always. So when is, yeah. it, when is this going to happen? When is it going to happen? When are interest rates, rates going to rise enough to that's the big create the slowdown? So that's the great question. Because uh, again, I think we've hit the low. I think they're higher, but when and how fast is the big question. Right yeah. now, I can tell you, I think at the end of the year, the rates will be higher than today, which is only two months away. How much higher? Don't know, but they'll be higher. I think they will be higher the end of next December than this December. So I just think we're we're on a trend and the Fed's going to do everything they can to make sure that that's not a steep curve because that if it goes from three to four and a half in a four week period, that will shock the system that will take enough buyers out 
they they it, higher rates if done at a slow rate not going to make the economy slow down because i think wages make it up yeah and i think honestly like artificially low interest rates are not really healthy no i agree the i think they're right? artificially so, low yeah so uh, and and they've been I think the Fed kept them low for too long during the Great Agreed. Recession, yep. and and made everybody addicted to low interest rates. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, and it caused a lot of malinvestment. Agreed. And, I mean, one one of the things I think people kind of forget about about interest rates is that when interest rates are really low, it encourages, well, let's say it discourages a lot of critical thinking that goes into investment decisions because interest rates are so low, right? So you have and it encourages a lot of bad behavior, like, you know, stock buybacks and stuff that are completely unproductive, right, right. For, for the economy. It's, you know, when you have higher interest rates, it makes businesses really think about what is the most efficient, you know, use of this money? Is right. it, are we going to make better than an 8% return on this investment if, if interest rates are 8%, for instance, mm -hmm. right? So, whereas when interest rates are almost zero, zero. yeah, it's like free money and you might as well throw it at something and like who knows you just so, take a shot you just, just, just take a shot it's a casino yeah. yeah and it it is it's not really healthy you know it can juice the economy but it's not you're not talking about sort of long-term productivity gains like long-term investment so yeah. it's just it's just you know it's a sugar water for the yeah, economy i think there's been a lot of misallocation in our our business single family homes oh, and multi-family because of yeah. low rates yeah so yeah and it caused it didn't cause enough construction it just caused a lot of invest you know a lot of yeah it took the current assets and right just just buying existing stuff just yeah. raising the price of what was out there as opposed to really causing more of it to be built correct you know now finally it seems like more of it's getting built but then you know about i haven't still haven't seen you know ivy zellman's video but I, i've seen some summaries of it and mm -hmm. i mean you know she's arguing that well, it's not necessarily all getting built where it needs to be built. It's all getting built like in certain places. And this is, you know, I this was happening in multifamily for a long time. You know, years ago, at the sort of before it really started ramping up, say around 2016 with investor interest, 50% of the new apartments in the United States were, were being built in just 12 submarkets around the country. Yeah. 12, right? And so, and it was basically like, you know, New York City, Austin, Texas, Miami, like a couple other places. That's and all they were building was like super luxury stuff, right? Yep. And and so you wonder like what's going on now. She's suggesting it's the same thing. Like all the housing is being built in the same places. Phoenix and yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's not necessarily where the housing is needed, right? So that is could lead to localized yeah that's crashes, essentially right? her I, i've watched yeah. probably a dozen well, maybe 10 hours of her stuff here recently and yeah. that's essentially her point is is the hot money white wall street money is is there's a herd even in wall street money right they're all doing oh, yeah. build for rent they're all doing they're all going to austin and phoenix and nashville or whatever it is and uh, yeah they're gonna have localized problems that's essentially yeah. what she's saying i mean so i hear oftentimes people make the argument that well Wall Street's doing it. Hedge funds are doing it. Therefore, it must be okay. Right? <laughs> and like, no, like, like, yeah, the, the idea, like, oh, these people are that's smarter. the smart money, right? These people are smarter than you and I, and they wouldn't get involved in a bubble. Well, you know, you should read the book. 
Irrational Exuberance. Yes, you should. Which is just, if you're an investor and you haven't read this book. Shame on you. Shame on you. And one of, I need to go back and read it again, actually. But one of the, one of the really interesting things that's demonstrated in that book is Wall Street's herd mentality. Oh, right? it is. No the question. Fact that, the fact that Wall Street, because look, those guys are all human too. They are all operating under the same kind. They're hearing the same information that you and I are hearing, right? It, it's there's no they're not privy to any kind of special insider knowledge, mm-hmm. right? It's all the same public information that's out there that they're operating on. And on top of that, they've got serious CYA issues that yes. you and I don't have, right? They do not we want to lose to, their job. Yes. Yeah. And 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 the way that the CI the CYA works is, you know. If they go out on a limb and they say, I'm going to go invest in this place out here because I've noticed like, hey, look at these demographics. They look really good, right? And and they, and they something goes wrong and they lose money. Well, then it's like they're on the chopping block because why did you go yeah. invest why in Why were you place, that guy? Right? Yeah. Why were you that guy? If you go and you like invest where everyone else is investing and then you lose money, you know, because <laughs> the market crashes or whatever, it's like, well, look, we were everyone all there. Else, we were yeah. all doing, everyone else was doing it. You can't blame me for this, right? Agreed. So, so, and that's how like guys on Wall Street can, can continually like screw up and, and never pay any consequences for it because of this herd mentality thing. Mm-hmm. So, agreed. you know, and that's why like nobody got punished for the great, you know, for the great financial crisis, because it was all the same thing. Well, everybody was doing it. So like, therefore nobody's responsible. Right. Yeah. And so Crazy. that, so that's, that's why, you know, just cause Wall Street's doing it doesn't mean that it's the correct thing to do Agreed. right so so take all that information with a grain of salt you know and, and go and make, order uh, irrational exuberance right now yeah buy exact irrational exuberance and then you know go do i mean i know like go do your own research has got like, picked up a little bit of like a bad connotation these days but like like go and look for the stuff that other people are overlooking right like Agreed. like there are there are pockets of the country that have great demographics that were, you know, it's a good time to be getting in before mm-hmm. those places get even bigger and everybody else notices them. Right. Exactly. There, and there's always look, so it may not be that like, it's cheaper. It may not be that like what, that there aren't other people buying, but there's going to be less competition because you're not, you have less of a herd mentality operating there or fewer people. The herd is smaller, right? The herd so, is smaller. Yeah. So you have, you know, maybe a be early, bit be the leader of the herd, not the follower. Yeah. yeah or, or it's just like go someplace where, like I said, it's a little bit under the radar and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and there's still opportunities to make money. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Jonathan. How can people follow you and get part of your world? Yeah. So uh, join my free Facebook group called the multifamily investment community. Just search it on Facebook and it'll pop right up. You got to answer a couple of questions uh, when you join, but then you're in. Uh, and if you would like to join my investor list, please Google Two Bridges Asset Management and fill out uh, the investor uh, form you'll find on the website. And then you and I will jump on the phone. Very cool. Thanks, Jonathan. Absolutely.